Hi, thank you for listening to Trinity San Diego Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message will encourage you. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, you can partner with us to reach others by investing at trinitysandiego.org. Thanks once again. Now here's Pastor Todd. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah 43, uh, or chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. It will also be on your screens. Uh, last week was, uh, this, has been, this is the baseline scripture for our collection of talks that we're doing titled Clean Slate. And uh, how many know that we need a clean slate? Come on. You need to start new every once in a while. Sometimes you need to reset. Uh, I wish we just sometimes had a reset on uh, certain situations that we could, but you know, the new year kind of brings new life. And so uh, I'm so excited for what happened last week. Katie preached an incredible message on forgiveness. Incredible. Just inspiring. Uh, something that is an actual practical message that we have to live out. Um, forgiveness is a hard thing to deal with. <laughs> um, just being real. Uh, but it was a great powerful message. And I encourage you to go to Facebook if you, if you weren't here last week or go to our website, trinitysandiego.org uh, slash podcast. You can go and get it right there. You can listen to it uh, while you're driving to work or whatever you're doing. Let it speak to you. I try to listen to messages a couple times a week just so I can get it in my spirit. Um, but since we're here, let's greet our Facebook family. Come on. Thank you, Facebook. We love you. We're so thankful that you're here today. But let's read the scripture together in Isaiah 43. This is the baseline scripture for this whole collection of talks called Clean Slate. It says, forget the former things. Everyone say forget. forget. Yeah, forget about it. Katie had it last week. That was the title message. That, that's, if anything, you should just hear a bunch of uh, San Diego people saying forget about it. You should go and just listen to the message online just so you can hear all of us butcher it. Uh, anyways, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. You can't dwell on what's behind you. God gave us, I, I believe that cars have a rear view mirror for a reason. Because it's small and your windshield is big. And so what you need to see in front of you should be greater than the thing in that rearview mirror that's behind you. I'm preaching already and I haven't even read the scripture yet. Let me tell you, you have to look through that windshield of life. So forget about what's been done to you. Forget about the past. Don't continue to revisit it. Look to what's the, on the future and what's to come. Amen? And then it says, see, I'm doing a new thing. How many are thankful for a new thing? Come on, a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making ways in the wilderness. Friend, let me tell you this. Right now, you're, God is making a way in the wilderness, even though you're in the midst of this circumstance that is so instrumental. It's too big for you. God is still making a way in the wilderness for you. He's providing water through that wilderness season, through that dry season, and he's going to bring abundant life. And I'm pumped for what God's going to do for you today. Uh, and then streams in the wasteland. So today, the title of my message is On Purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, On Purpose. Look at the other one that you neglected and say, on purpose, on purpose, on purpose. Uh, let's pray as we ask God to help us. This is going to be a long, very Pentecostal prayer. It's going to be great. So Jesus, be with us. Amen. How many have ever... <laughs> you saw what I did there, right? How many have ever uh, asked, what's your purpose? God, what is my purpose? How many have ever asked that? Come on, thank you for actually agreeing with me and not... Yep. Yeah, 
we've all asked that at some point in time, whether you've done it uh, when you're a kid, whether you're in your 20s and you're saying, God, what's my purpose and my destiny? I love 20-year-olds. They're, they're great. They're always trying to figure out what the next thing is and like they got to figure out their purpose. Well, trust me, sometimes I know some 50-year-olds that are trying to figure out their purpose uh, as well and it's just a process and you have to understand your purpose and we at Trinity desire for you to know your purpose. Uh, we want you to know your purpose so that you can live out your purpose. We believe that you need to have a ministry in the church and a mission in the world. A ministry in the church and a mission in the world. When you have a ministry in the church, it will give you your mission in the world. Yesterday, we spent some time with some of our, uh, we went to the Poway Winter Festival. It was amazing. And I love our city because what they do is they open up the Poway Winter Festival early for the special needs families to come in so they aren't overstimulated and it's not crazy uh, for them. And so we walked in there and it was just amazing to see all of our friends. You know, last year we went, we, knew, we didn't know many people, but this year we went, we saw our friends because what has happened is it has given us a ministry in our church, thus it's given us a mission in the world to love the special needs community, and I'm so grateful for that. But we want to point you in the direction of your purpose, and that's why we do things like Next Steps. Next Steps is a 15 to 20 minute time in the East Foyer, right outside those doors. You'll meet with me, and all, I, all we simply do is we help you discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. We believe you need to know God. That's the first and foremost. Know God. Number two, find freedom. Come on. We need freedom, people. Come on. And then we need to uh, discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. And we desire for you to discover your purpose. And we believe that in 2000, 2019 will be a greater year than your 2018 because we can point you in the right direction of your purpose. And so um, as I prayed for this message, you know, it's good to pray, you know, pray first and it's a good idea. And you're going to have to talk back to me a little bit to make sure that I know that you're with me and you're not falling asleep or checking the scores for the uh, playoff games. Let's just be real people. Come on. I know some of you already have these, you know, you're, you're pretending, oh, I'm taking notes. No, you're watching the game. God. No, I'm reading the scripture. No, you're not. You're watching Tom Brady play football. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, I was praying for this uh, message about purpose, and I believe that God gave me a baseline, and really, I I'm going to give you a baseline for how to understand your, your, your purpose, but then on top of it, I'm going to give you some practical tools. I, I don't think it's just good to say, hey, I'm going to do this, and then go do it. I'm going to give you actual practical tools that you can take, and you can walk out the door with, so that you can apply it, so that you can discover your purpose, so that you really can make a difference. And so, um, as I was preparing this message, uh, I, I was reminded of a story about a Greyhound track. Um, I read it this week. It's an awesome story. Uh, how many have been to Greyhound track? No one raised their hand. <laughs> this is going to be a great illustration then. How many have been to a horse track? We have Del Mar. It's amazing. Thank you. Okay, so at least you humor me for a moment. So this, uh, the way that a greyhound track goes is that it's similar to a horse track, but the dogs actually chase a rabbit, and it's on the center. And what happens is the rabbit is always ahead of the dogs because the dogs are trying to actually catch the rabbit because that's their, that's their purpose. That's where they're intended to go. And so the length of the, of the race is dependent upon how long the rabbit goes. And so what happens this particular time, the dogs are in the starting gate. They're getting ready. The gun goes off, and that rabbit shoots out. And it's not a real one. It's just on that inner... That inner, that inner uh, the railing, thank you, I knew someone would help me. Uh, that inner railing, and it shoots out. And on this particular race, that rabbit decided to malfunction. And what happened is it, it exploded, and so there's fur everywhere, there's wires everywhere. Well, you can imagine what that did to the dogs. One dog freaked out, 
it ran into the railing and broke all its ribs. The other dog went and looked at the crowd and started barking at the crowd. The other, some of the other dogs just didn't know what to do, and so they sat down. They just, they just sat down. Can't you see those greyhounds just sitting down? Well, well, to me, I think that's a picture sometimes of life. I think that we have people that desire to live on purpose, and they're running after a rabbit, and when it explodes, they don't know what to do. They're sitting down. Some of them are barking at their friends. Some of them are, uh, are running into railings. They're hurting themselves because they're forgetting about their purpose. Some of them don't even know what to do and they just sit down. And I believe that God has a desire in your life to, to show you your purpose so that you can really make a difference. You can make a difference. And so um, in order to actually have your purpose or to operate in your purpose, what you need to have is you need to have a vision. That's where I'm talking about the baseline of this talk. You need to have a vision for what God's going to do in your life. Uh, Proverbs 29:18 says it like this, "Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision." In other translations, it says, "Where there is no revelation, where there is no revelation." And that word vision or revelation in the Hebrew, that's uh, the original text was written in Hebrew, Aramaic and uh, Greek. And so the Hebrew word for that word vision or revelation is kazan. Kazan, not to be confused during a fast with calzone. Um, kazan. And, and, and really this whole idea of a, of a kazan is a dream, a revelation, or a vision. A dream, a revelation, or a vision. And so today my question to you is do you have a vision or a revelation for your life? For your life. And like I said before, we at Trinity desire that you would know your vision and your purpose in your life. And I believe that the local church is the hope of the world because we serve the creator of the universe. And when you link up to him, things begin to shift in the atmosphere. Things begin to change in the atmosphere. And so my, my, this question is so critical. So I want to ask, I want to answer those questions and I want to ask those questions to you, those hard things. And, and really so you understand why you're here. Why God placed you on this planet for this reason, for such a time as this? Why did God do so? And so my goal right now for the next few moments is to give you that baseline and then give you those practical tools. Are you ready? Amen. So a vision will bring focus. Oh, I'm sorry. A vision for life will bring focus. A vision for life will bring focus. We need to be intentional about this. When we don't have a vision or a dream, we begin to say yes to everything. You begin to say yes to everything because your goal is that in saying yes to everything, you hope that you will find your destiny or your purpose, that it will be revealed to you. However, God has a different way of doing that. God wants you to go to him for your direction. Go to him for your purpose. Go to him for the vision of your own personal life. So we need to have focus. And, and this is the thing. I like to work out. Pray First is uh, really challenging me in working out because normally I work out first thing in the morning, but I'm here praying first thing in the morning, so it's a good thing. It's making me stretch a little bit. That's a good thing. But when I, when I see this idea of vision, I know what my goals look like for my fitness. So what happens is... It, I, when I focus on my goals, and sometimes your goals need to be a little bit bigger than what you think you can attain on your own. That's preaching to someone right there because that goal that's bigger for, that, that you can really achieve gives them area for God to show up because we need to have a little room for God to show up in our lives. Amen? Amen. And so when, when, when we focus on our vision for what God has for us here or for what, what he has planned for us here, so when I focus on my fitness routine down there, 
It's easier because I'm not there yet. It's easier to focus on that and to walk forward and to keep on going because my vision keeps me going each step of the way. And the same is true with, with, with my faith. When I keep my eyes focused on Jesus, although I haven't perfected my faith, I serve the author and perfecter of my faith. So when I keep my eyes focused on him down here, I begin to walk with a new sense of purpose, a new sense of direction, a new sense of understanding because I'm focusing on something that matters. I'm not focusing on myself. I'm focusing on him. So you need to focus so your vision can get greater, and you need to focus on Jesus so your vision can broaden. Another, another idea is a vision for life will bring endurance. Everyone say endurance. endurance. One thing I've noticed is that when I lose my vision, I lose my endurance. It's harder for me to run. It's harder for me to go. Uh, when I lose my, my, my vision, when I, when I lose my vision for what I see our church to look like, when I, which I don't do at all. It's more about my own personal vision for like my fitness goals. Like you all can relate. Come on, some of you have quit diets before. Some of you have forgot to go to the gym. And what I've learned is that when, I, when, I, when it's easier for me to stop going to the gym or stop working out or stop eating right here, when I lose that focus, my endurance begins to waver because sleep sounds a little bit more good. Or sounds, that sounded so bad. It's such bad English. Sleep sounds so good when I'm sitting here and I forget to lose, I, I don't actually use the endurance and have the endurance to get to where the goal is meant to be because I lose sight of my vision. And God desires us to keep sight of the vision that's in front of us so that we can run the race, so that we can continue to go forward, so that we continue to move on, so that we have momentum, so that when you look, you're looking at this vision for God's life or for your life that God has given you. This endurance piece allows you to run the race. How many have ever had some adversity? You've had some adversity. What keeps you going? Is it that marriage that keeps you going? Yes. When, when you argue? <laughs> yeah. When you argue? When, you have so, when those kids are crazy? Oh, come on. When the job is so difficult and your boss is just wearing you out. What happens is you, when you get that endurance, it allows you to persevere and to run the race. To run the race. And the goal that is in front of you will help you preserve or will help you persevere when times are tough. It will give you peace in times of uncertainty. And it will allow you to endure even when you want to quit. Don't quit, friend. Keep going. Get that vision for your life for 2019 and allow that to take hold of yourself. Bring it, or a vision brings endurance. So, my question to you is do you have a goal? Do you have a goal? You don't have to answer it out loud. And don't feel fearful if you don't at this moment. Our goal at Trinity is to help you find your goal, find your purpose, find your vision for your life. Because when we, believe, when we get in the atmosphere of, of Jesus, what happens is things shift in our atmosphere. Things change, and it gives us an identity, and it gives us a purpose. Lastly, um, and I'm not done with the message, it's just this portion of the talk. I know some of you are like, we're going to beat the, the other people to lunch. It's going to be awesome. So we have a few more minutes, so I'm sorry. But a vision for life will bring fulfillment. A vision for life will bring fulfillment. Some of you have been looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places. 
You've been looking for fulfillment in relationships. You've been looking for fulfillment in money, in success, in status, in the nicest car, in what you wear, in, uh, in, in your friendships, in social media, in doing good, in, in, in serving and hoping people see you out front. You've been doing all these things in hopes that you're going to find fulfillment. Well, I hate to tell you, friend, you're not going to find fulfillment in any of those things. Any of those things. None of those things will bring you fulfillment. They all they will do is they will bring you challenges. They will bring you insecurity. They'll bring you frustration. They'll bring you, uh, they'll bring you more adversity that you want to have. What you have to do is you have to understand that your fulfillment can only come from one place. Your fulfillment can only come from one person, and that is Jesus and Jesus alone. So my question is, where is your vision coming from? Is it coming from your 401k? Is it coming from your status? Or is it coming from your creator? Your creator. Your vision should come from the one that designed you. Designed you specifically. For Psalms 139.16 says, your, saw, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Came to be. And some of you are probably thinking, ooh, God's not that good of an author because there's some chapters that I would like to erase. <laughs> Let's just be honest. But let me tell you, God gives us free will. And he gives us choices that we can make. And if you've made wrong choices, that's the beauty of, of who Jesus is because we can have a clean slate when we come to him. We can say, God, I need you. Please forgive me based upon decisions that I've made because I have chapters in my life that I would like to erase because of decisions that I made. And it might have come from one decision and that one decision all of a sudden went to another decision, to another decision, to another decision. It might have been a text message. It might have been a phone call. It might have been uh, an internet search. It might have been uh, something you purchased. And those chapters that you want to erase, those were your decisions. But Jesus wants to tell you today and he wants you to know that those decisions don't define you, that who he is defines you and what he will do in your life will be greater than any of those other decisions that you have made in your past. So don't worry about the past any longer. Look into the front, the, 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 uh, the windshield. Thank you. That's why we're a family. We need each other. Hello. That'll preach right there. We need the windshield so that we can see what's in front of us. Amen. 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 So you have to really focus and you have to really realize that the last chapter is the chapter that matters. That's, your, that's the chapter that matters. It's when you say yes to Jesus in this moment, today. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, and that's your last chapter because you aren't like you were, and hopefully you're not like you're going to be because we believe that God is always making us new in Him. Amen? And so Ephesians 1.11 of the message states it like this. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us and had designed or has had design on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. In Christ alone, we find our purpose. And the only way that you can find your purpose is through Jesus. And I'm reminded of a story uh, in the Athens Olympics. There's a sharpshooter. And if you didn't know, they have these targets and, you know, they basically stand out with a, with a gun and they, they go and they get, get it in sight and they can actually calm their breathing down to a point where they, like, it's kind of like their heart stops. It's weird. So they calm their breathing down. And there was this sharpshooter that was there and in, in had his target in line and he was so far ahead of the rest of the field, so far ahead that all he had to do was hit the target in the gold medal round. That's it. 
That would be pretty nice, right? Just to win a gold medal, he just has to hit the target. So he goes and he gets up in there and he, he puts the tripod down and gets the, everything all set up. And he goes and he gets, that, he gets his scope up and he goes and he sees that target in the distance and he hits it, bullseye. But the thing is, he hit the wrong target. Friend, some of us, he placed eighth in that Olympics because he hit the wrong target. Some of us have, been, have had our sights set and we've been going and we're, we're ready and we've been trying to hit bullseyes, but we've been hitting the wrong target. We need to hit the right target who is Jesus and Jesus alone. We need to focus on him because whenever we hit a bullseye with him, everything else will work out. Everything else will be just fine and dandy. Amen? God wants you to hit the right target and so that's why us as a church, we believe that you need to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. And I think that you should decide to get in purpose in 2019. You need to focus on him. So I have three questions briefly, really fast, uh, that will help you find your purpose. The first question, if you're taking notes, I encourage you, you retain more when you take notes and also you get in a better seat in heaven. So, um, when you take notes, just saying. No, my wife, she's always correcting me. Uh, but number one, what am I doing that I should not be doing? That's a good question. And uh, some of us have a list of start doing. Oh, I need to start going to the gym. I need to start eating right. I need to start reading my Bible. I need to start doing this and start doing this. And I need to slow down. I keep speeding. I keep getting these tickets. You know, like we have this start doing list that we, that we need to, we have all these start doing. But I think that you just don't need to have a start doing list. You actually need to have a quit list. You need to have things that you need to quit in your life. Uh, one thing in my, you know, I'll, can I be transparent? I'll tell you some things that I need to quit. You want to hear them? I need to quit carbs. I mean, like, it's bad. <laughs> I love round table pizza. I love, oh man, it's so good. I just love carbs, but I need to quit them. And so that's why I'm back on keto. Amen? Uh, <laughs> I have a limited amount, so spend them wisely. Anyways, uh, one thing I need, to, I need to quit is I need to have a longer fuse with my kids. That's just fully transparent. I need, to be, I need to have a longer fuse with my kids. I need to make sure that I, I got to realize that they're four and eight. <laughs> you know, they're not 16 and 20, but I have a whole other world of worry in front of me when they get to be that age. But, but I have to realize that they're four and they're eight, and I have to have some grace for them, and I need to have a longer fuse with them. So I need to, I need to quit doing, quit, quit responding the way I respond. And then one other thing, uh, I need, I, one, one of my, my goals is I, I, I want to I stop focusing on myself. That's really my goal for 2019 is to focus on others more, to pray for others more, to think about others. So I need to quit thinking about myself because when I think about myself, that's, all, that's, the only, that's my whole world. And I need to get out of that. I need to think of my wife more. I need to think of my kids more. I need to think of you more. And we all need to do that. We all need to be practical, but we need to have a quit doing list. And, and some of you are living the life that you did not intend to live that you started some things you didn't want to start and you need to quit some things that you, that God is telling you to quit. And let me encourage you, you serve a God that cleans your slate, cleans your slate, that your 2019 does not have to look like your 2018. And you know what? It doesn't even have to be like how you dreamed in 2017 it would be. It can be even greater because you're focusing on Jesus. You're focusing on Jesus. And, and really, when you remove the darkness, when you remove the challenges, you remove the things of the world, what you do is all of a sudden, your, the things of, that you desire and your purpose will all of a sudden become clearer. Because one thing I've noticed is that when I'm doing things that, that, that probably aren't beneficial to my, uh, to my walk with Jesus, what it does is it 
clouds the vision that God has given for me. But when I eliminate those, it gives me clarity. Let's look at the scripture right here in Romans 12 too. It says, do not conform any longer, I'm sorry, do not conform to the patterns of this world. Do not conform to it. Stop doing what you're doing. Quit it. Don't do it any longer because it's clouding your vision. It's clouding the potential that God has given inside of you. And it says, but be transformed. When you remove the darkness out, all of a sudden you can be transformed to a wonderful light that God has created you to be. God, wow, you guys are just real quiet today. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test it so that when you remove the darkness, all of a sudden your, your purpose comes out. You can test it. You can say, God, I'm going to put it to the test and I'm going to believe. You know, like, so Katie and I, we wanted to be more generous. So what we had to do is remove the darkness of greed. Hello. Off of our life. And we had to pull that off and we said we want to be more generous. Well, God will always give you an opportunity to do it. You know, but you actually have to practice it. And then in doing that, we have to do it and we have to follow through with what God has asked us to do. And what he does is he all of a sudden shows up. He gives us opportunity and then we can test it and God reveals himself to us. He gives you blessing upon blessing upon blessing when you remove the darkness and you let the light shine. Friend, nothing good grows in the dark. Some of you need to confess sins. And I'm not saying go to social media and go, this is what I've done. Please don't, for the sake of your pastor. Uh, I don't want to know what you've done. This is, you don't have to tell me, nor should anyone on Facebook know. What you need to know is you need to go to a trusted friend. And you can go and you can take off the mask. And you can say, I want to be real, I want to be authentic, I want to be honest, and I'm going to say, this is what I've done. Because you kill the power of sin with transparency. What you're willing to not talk about, you're probably dealing with, and you're probably ashamed of. But when you're willing to talk about it, when you're willing to confront it and say, you know what, I'm dealing with this stuff, I need your help, all of a sudden, the, the darkness is now removed and it's exposed, it's in light. And good things grow in the light. Good things do not grow in the dark, good things grow in the light. And so I want to encourage you get in a connect group that's where you can really take the mask off take the mask off and be real with those people it's amazing how it happens number two what am I not doing that I should be doing what am I not doing that I should be doing so you have a quit doing list and then there are things that you need to start as well and I'm not going to get up here and dictate what you need to start you know what you need to start you don't need to tell me what you need to start you don't need to confess that to me you already know what you need to start but what you have to do is you actually have to do it. And God is going to give you opportunities. The Bible's abundantly clear that he's going to give you opportunities. The more that, that, that uh, you get involved in him and the more you focus on him. And as a church, we strive to give you opportunities uh, to start doing some things. Night to shine, going to Mexico, getting involved in a connect group, uh, serving here on Sundays, uh, serving in a variety of different ways. We want, to we want to make sure that we set you up for success and we give you opportunities. So often people go, I want to know what's my purpose. Well, what are you doing? Nothing. Well, that's a great, that's a horrible place to start when you wanted to find your purpose is doing nothing. You know, you might as well get in, involved in something that matters like church because I believe that, like I said before, the church is the, is the hope of the world because of who we serve. And I believe that churches will make differences in this community when they're willing to link up and they're willing to get together and they're willing to say yes. And they're willing to, to, to go and band together. I meet with a group of pastors once a month and we pray for two hours. And we pray and we seek God for our city, for Poway, for San Diego, for Escondido. And we want to see God move in North County. We're not satisfied with where we're at. We want to start doing some things. We want to see God move. Amen? Amen? Come on, I need you with me. And so what you have to do is you have to go and be on purpose. You need to maybe get involved. You need to, you know, some of you just need to start by reading your Bible. 
You know, maybe just do that. A verse of the day keeps the devil away. <laughs> Not true, but um, so maybe a verse of the day might actually bring the devil closer. Uh, just because of the challenges, because you're making a difference in the world. Just because you begin to make a difference doesn't mean that adversity is not going to strict you. You're going to have more adversity. The more you're willing to do some things for God, there's going to be more pushback, but there's going to be more opportunity for you to grow. Some of you maybe need to just commit to church and not come once a month or twice a month. You need to come every week and you need to make that commitment because I've learned in my life, not just being a pastor, that when I make a commitment to church and I sit in that seat, even when I don't feel like it, even when I'm tired, even when my favorite team is playing, even when my stomach's growling, when I sit in that seat, I always leave better than when I came. I always learn more than I did. I, I, I just develop who God wants me to be and the potential that I have in front of me. So some of you need to start some things. You need to start some things. I love James. James is a very blunt book. If you, it's really short. If you want to read it, read it. Uh, but let me give you just a passage in James 4.17. It says, So whomever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him or her, it's a sin. When you know the right thing and you just blatantly don't do it, sin. When you know you should be stretching yourself a little bit more, but you don't, it's a sin. And I'm not here to cast judgment. Trust me, that convicts me just as much as it convicts the next person. But yet we have to be people that are going and developing and continually being better. I believe that, that followers of Jesus should always be getting better, not getting worse or staying the same. You always need to be getting better, and so you always need to be starting stuff so that you can complete what God has for you, the task. If you're not, if, if you're not dead, you're not done in this world. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. No matter your age or stage, you just have to keep going. You have to keep going. So some of you need to make a commitment to the next 14 days of praying and fasting. You need to join me at 6 a.m. on Monday morning. You need to be right here at 6 a.m. praying with your parka on because it's a little chilly, uh, but you need to be here with me. Some of you need to go to a connect group. Some of you need to go to next steps at the conclusion of this message. Uh, some of you uh, need to go and you need to take off the mask and you need to start being honest with yourself. Some of you uh, need, need to be consistent in church. Some of you need to go and be more faithful. Some of you need to ask for forgiveness. You need to start by asking forgiveness. Some of you need to stop thinking about yourself so much and start thinking about others more. And when we start thinking about others more, all of a sudden our purpose will become more defined. It will become greater. And, and, and this is the thing. We oftentimes let our senses dictate our action. We let the senses of ourselves. So, you know, pray first is tomorrow at 6 a.m. And you're like, oh, I can't pray. I can't get up and pray. Oh my goodness, 6 a.m.? You know, but if you had to go to like, you know, you make that commitment to go to the Rose Parade at like 3.30 a.m. And what you put as a priority, you know, I mean, just to be honest... We may, we put, what we put as priority, we're willing to sacrifice for. But if we're not willing to put things like pray first, and we're not willing, and we're letting our senses pull, our, pull ourselves back, because I know when I lay in that bed, and it's nice and warm, and I have my beautiful bride laying next to me, and I'm sitting there, and I'm going, I don't know, it's kind of cold out. I know that building's going to, no, no. What I do is I, is I got to let my senses say to my senses, no, 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 no. I know what God has for me. It's greater than what my senses are telling me now in this moment. So what I need to do is I need to stop worrying about what my senses tell me and I need to start operating in what God tells me because my senses and the enemy will always want to keep me in the same place. But God wants to continue to grow me and developing me into who he wants me to be. So I have to start doing stuff. I have to say yes. I have to take steps of faith. I have to sacrifice my sleep. That's hard, but it's worth it. 
Every time I've left this prayer meeting, I haven't gone, oh man, that really was a terrible time. I've never walked, from, walked away from a prayer meeting and go, man, that was terrible. Oh, it was so crummy. I woke up at 6 a.m. and I didn't even pray. I, I, it was just not good. Every single day. I, and you know what? My faith builds every single day. My faith builds. And you know what? We prayed for you. If this is your first time, maybe your second time, we prayed for you yesterday right here, this moment. We prayed for you and we said, God, whoever comes in this house tomorrow, we're going to believe greatness. We're going to believe not for breakdown, but for breakthrough. That God, you're going to shine and you're going to show up for in that person's life. So we prayed for you. You already been prayed for. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing? Last but not least, last point. Why not start today? Why not start today? Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till next sign up. Don't wait till next semester of connect groups. Don't wait till the next pray first that we're going to have in September or August and September. Don't wait for the next time where we're going to ask you to serve. Don't let your senses rule you. Stop. You need to start some things today. And I want to give you an opportunity to start some things today. And my, uh, Papa Buntain, he was a great man of God, uh, a hero of faith of mine. He always had this statement and he would say it from his platform in front of thousands. He would always say, it's never too late to begin again. It's never too late to begin again. And like our sign says, it's never too late for a clean slate. It's never too late for a clean slate. And you need to start now. Second Corinthians 6, 2 says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Friend, don't let procrastination rule and dictate your life. How many procrastinators do we have? Yeah, some of, you, some of you are like, I think I'm going to wait and I'll raise my hand in a little bit. You know, I mean, like that's how you're into procrastination you are. Well, you need to start doing some stuff. You need to start doing some stuff today. And some of you just need to start doing something by saying yes to Jesus. That's your beginning point. You don't have to do, you know, sign up for a serve team. You don't have to do any of that right now. You just need to simply say yes to Jesus. You need to know God. You don't need to discover your purpose yet, friend. Your purpose is on the way. You need to know God so that you can find freedom. Because when you know God and you find freedom, you really actually begin to discover your purpose so that you can make a difference in the world. A ministry in the church and a mission in the world. That's what God desires for us. So if you would, bow your heads and close your eyes.